In 2015, there was a jewelry store heist in Tokyo, and they got away with 100 million yens worth of jewelry. It was basically 46 pieces. They smashed the glass cases and they punched the security guard. So no one died, uh, which is nice. Uh, But the interesting thing is they kind of got away with it. So usually a crime in Japan is solved within the next few days because they have a lot of CCTV and stuff and it's, it's very possible to track people's movements. So a lot of crimes get solved quickly. This being back in 2015 and now being 2022, basically it seemed like they got away with it. And yet, only a few days ago, uh, three British men were arrested in England over this jewelry store heist. Robbery. I guess heist is a bit fanciful, so it's it's a robbery. One man at the time of the robbery was 19 years old and he's now 26. And an interesting thing I was thinking about, like that's a different guy. When I was 19 and the person I was when I was 26 were totally different people. I'm not going to say better or worse, but they were different. And so this guy, he was 19, he committed this robbery. I don't know if that emboldened him to commit more crimes, but they weren't on anyone's radar maybe. Which would imply to me that they weren't going around committing more crimes. They maybe did this one, got away with it, and kind of laid low. Which is, again, as Ninja News Japan has given advice to criminals many times in the past, that's what you do. You don't get greedy. You don't commit more crimes. You just got to lay low with your one big score. And that's probably why it took so long for them, for the police to find him. Them. There were three men. The other two were older. They were in their 30s and 40s. But the 19-year-old, like 30 to 40 years old, is less of a change personality-wise. 19 to 26, a totally different person. The British will determine extradition. uh, And that's interesting. So this is where the story got really interesting to me because this is international politics. Japan does not have an extradition treaty with England. No treaty means that the country, Japan, has to ask the other country, England, to persecute on their behalf. But in England, offenses are tried in the jurisdiction where the crime was committed. So if I commit a crime in Liverpool and I go back and I get arrested in London, they will take me back to Liverpool so the judge there, the court there, will decide. So by that theory, they would have to extradite the criminals back to Japan for them to stand trial, but they don't have an extradition treaty, so they don't actually have to extradite them. In fact, it might even be illegal to extradite them. The men are trying to set up a defense so they don't get extradited. Because if they can stay in England, it means they don't actually get persecuted, prosecuted, both, for this crime. So their defense at the moment is that extradition to Japan will raise human rights concerns. Now that is an interesting tack because, you know, Japan's basically a first world country. I don't know what a British prison is like. But I do know that Japanese prisons are pretty horrible. They don't tend to have heat uh, or air conditioning in the summertime. So like the temperatures alone could be considered torture if you're not from that climate. And even then for Japanese people, it's pretty rough. Uh, It's just one of those things you sleep on the floor. The food's really bad. It's prison. It's punishment in the traditional sense. I don't think anyone claims that a Japanese prison is really designed to rehabilitate. It is absolutely just punishment. That being said, is it a human rights violation? I don't know. So it'll be really interesting. I actually follow this case. It being them 
trying to avoid extradition back to Japan should mean it stays in the news for a while. So I'm very interested in what happens there and uh, how it keeps going. There's a company in Japan called Benesse Corporation, and they make educational stuff for kids. My kids had the Benesse touch pad. It was basically a, a tablet, but it was like keyed down for kids, and they could only do certain things. It was locked down. They, having a very big interest in children's education and what's going on, uh, they survey kids, and every year they release buzzwords. And I'm very interested in the buzzwords because it's, it's, you know, this is youth culture. These are primarily elementary school kids, so they pick up stuff. Uh, they might use it into their teen years, but then it tends to change. It tends to fall away really quickly. So the number one buzzword for this year is, the Japanese translation is, that's just your opinion, right? And this is what they use when they want to talk back to teachers or if someone's making excuses for like a poor performance, they just go, it's not fact. It's just your opinion, right? The interesting bit is that this actually comes from the founder of 2chan, uh, which is now 5chan, who is famous for his YouTube debate channel where whenever someone makes a statement that he maybe thinks is not factual, he just says, that's your opinion, right? So it's like a, it's not a catchphrase, but it happens regularly enough that people like kind of see it as like a sticking point. He's showing you that you're not giving a fact, you're giving an opinion. The second is an internet term, and the Japanese is sorena, and it translates to English. So sore is just that or this. Um, it's used in the exact same way as English. So basically I would make a comment, and then someone underneath, on Reddit or Twitter or something would say this. And that's what them saying, I agree. In Japanese, they're now using sorena, which is the same as this. And again, it just means I agree. The survey was 13,816 kids. So that's a lot of kids. And so it's pretty accurate. But it being kids, it means this usage may very well go away by next year. Mio Sugita has been in the news before. I've actually think she's been on Ninja News Japan before. So you know you're saying dumb shit if you're on my show. Uh, it's a government lady. I forgot her actual uh, position. She's vice minister of something, maybe finance. Uh, she says the things that you shouldn't say out loud. She thinks things and then she says them, whereas most people would think something and go, hmm, maybe I shouldn't say that. So she says the things that other people tend to keep on the inside. Uh, and so she's decided to just do a blanket retraction, which, again, I didn't know a thing. I've talked about retractions in the past. So I say something racist or offensive or just mean, and then a week later, everyone's angry at me, so I just retract the statement. I've never understood how that works. So I say something horrible, and then a week later, I say, I retract my statement. That doesn't make the horrible thing I said go away. It doesn't make everyone forget the horrible thing. I didn't know you could do sort of just like a like control A delete for all the comments you've said historically. She has specifically been cited for saying anti-LGBT stuff and uh, attacking indigenous people. So let's hear her retraction. Uh, what should I do first? The offensive things she said? Or I'll do the retraction. I'll just do what the order is on the paper. Her statement was, I take seriously the harsh criticism. As in everyone's piling on me so I want you to stop. Reflecting on my past expressions, which lacked consideration, I apologize to the people I've hurt and hereby retract them. So I called you a dumb bitch. Uh, I now realize everyone hates me 
because I called you a dumb bitch. So I'm uncalling you a dumb bitch. And that's how a retraction works. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that does anything. And I don't know why politicians do this. Like you could say, apology, yes. So I called you a dumb bitch. I'm really sorry. Fucking another airplane. I don't know if the mic can pick it up, but it's really hard for me to speak with just like as it goes by. Her earlier statements, the things that people got angry about, that's actually something we should check. So the LGBTQ stuff. So she said that we should not support LGBT people because they can't produce children. Therefore, therefore, they are not productive to society. So basically, she thinks the only reason people should exist is to produce more people. And if you can't do that or don't want to do that, you're not productive. You don't deserve to be part of society. Which I think some people shouldn't reproduce. I'm not saying LGBT people. I'm saying people who say dumb shit should not have kids and then teach their kids the dumb shit that they say. And I don't think anyone who thinks retracting a statement works should be allowed to be in politics. Uh, There was a, I forget what it was. I didn't write it down. There was a group of people dressed up in traditional garb. So Koreans uh, wearing sort of the humbuck and stuff. And then there were some Ainu wearing uh, similar, their traditional garb. And she's said stuff about the Ainu multiple times. The Ainu are indigenous Japanese people. Uh, she said, wearing traditional garb, they are just middle-aged cosplayers, which is pretty harsh. Because she made this retraction, other politicians came to support her, which again was stupid. You should not do that. Uh, because actually is linking you to her, but it's, their, it's her party, so of course they're going to support her a little bit. One said, it was quite natural for her to retract the comments as they were too discriminatory. Now, for me personally, the two was the most interesting part of that statement because what he's saying is discriminatory language is fine. Being discriminatory is okay. Uh, If the comments are too discriminatory, as in they upset people too much, then you retract them. So what we're really doing is seeing how far we can push it to the line. And then when people get too upset, we go, oh, we'll walk it back a little bit. But we can still say discriminatory stuff because, hey, why wouldn't you? We're all racist. Which actually does show sort of the mentality of the politicians. They're not actually saying they're sorry. They're not saying it's wrong. They're, sorry. they're saying, you're upset. I want to stop you from being upset. Maybe I can do that by saying sorry and retracting my statement. Whereas the reality is, it means nothing. We have no intention of changing our, the way we think or our behavior or actually reflecting on what's happened. We just want you to vote for us. So we'll say whatever you, we need to say to make you happy. But our opinions and feelings have not changed. I actually think people should be held accountable for the stuff they say. I've probably said dumb stuff on this show. And if someone pulled it out to me and later on I was like, yeah, that was wrong. I wouldn't retract the statement. I would just say, yeah, I was wrong. Uh, I can't say I've changed as a person. Just like that 19-year-old is now 26 years old is a different person. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think apologies are appropriate. But then you have to actually mean it and not do it again. So the way she thinks about LGBT people has not changed. The way she thinks about indigenous people or Korean people has not changed. Uh, she's just not going to say that stuff out loud again. If she's smart, uh, as we can see from the, the news story, she's not that smart. So she's just going to say it again or talk about something else. There have been calls to remove her from her post. Uh, Kishida, the prime minister of Japan, is keeping her, and in quotations, for now. Because the man... My respect for him is mixed. Uh, The man 
will cave to public opinion. But at the same time, the prime minister represents the public. So is it really caving? Like if everyone in Japan is like, get rid of this person in your cabinet, I think it would actually be the prime minister's job to get rid of that person. I think that would literally be what you're supposed to do. So I have an interesting view of politics, whereas if you are a politician, you are the politician who represents the people, and the people have a different opinion from you, should you follow that opinion? And I actually think you should. I think a good politician disregards their own feelings and represents the people, which is almost impossible because you'd have to, I think to be a successful politician in that vein, you'd have to do like surveys every day. And you'd have to survey people on matters and issues regularly. And they'd have to participate. That actually would be the hard part. It wouldn't be doing the surveys. You could throw surveys up on the internet. But you'd have to get a majority of people to participate so you actually have a good sense of public opinion. People vote for you based on some of your opinions, not all of them. So there are some of your opinions as the prime minister that the people disagree with. And you should put aside your feelings and represent the people in their best interests. There's the second part that's actually quite difficult being politics, if you want to take it really seriously. When you think something is in the public's best interest, but the public disagrees with it, what do you do? Because you're trying to serve maybe a group of people who are ignorant of the issue. And that's not to be insulting. That's just like, not everybody knows about everything, except Ninja News Japan, which is where you come to get all the news about everything, about Japan at least, because I know everything. Actually, I don't. I just read stuff. This type of person, anyway, she's going to say stupid stuff again in the future. Uh, people are going to get upset with her again. And Kishida, he's not the strongest personality. Uh, I actually think a lot of his decisions have been good overall, but he's not the strongest personality, so he's not going to stand behind her. He's going to bail on her when uh, she makes too much trouble, which I actually think in this case is appropriate. I actually think you should get rid of her now. So we have some police shenanigans and it's not on their part it's people having shenanigans with the police uh, between september 30th and october 8th a man made 2060 calls to the police to basically just shout at him so he was just calling up and going like you guys suck at your job you guys are terrible i hate you guys now i usually do the math on this the article i read uh actually did the math for me which is really nice that is one call every six minutes now of course they're doing multiple calls and then sleeping and stuff. But overall, one telephone call every six minutes. This is an obstruction of police duties because they have to answer the phone and they're not answering the phone for actual emergencies or problems. When the man was arrested, though, he said, I knew the police would come for me someday. So he, he's like, if I keep pushing this, the police are going to figure out who I am sooner or later. They're going to come and arrest me sooner or later. I know this is coming. And he didn't stop, which is a really weird mentality to have. Because you think if you know the police are coming, you should maybe cut it out. Like you've made your first thousand calls. You're like, ah, oh, man, maybe I could do another thousand and get away with it. And then he gets to like close to 2000. He's like, nah, they're going to come for me sooner or later. But I'm going to keep going because I got to do the thing I love to do, which is call and harass the police. A Saitama man uh, rode his motorcycle. It's actually like a big scooter, anyways, but a motorcycle. Uh, into the lobby of a police station. So he rode up to the automatic doors. The automatic doors open. He drove in, stops his motorcycle in the middle of the lobby and says, hey, I want to talk to you about bad drivers. 
Um, so he he rolls up. I I was like, he rolls up and says, "I'm here to talk to you about driving. Here, let me show you how it works." But he was actually like on the road. Someone cut him off. He saw a police station. Just drove up. Didn't think to get off his bike and walk in. Um, so he was arrested. Not surprisingly, uh, I was more interested in what he was arrested for, which was unlawful entry. Now I don't know how that works. I think. The motorcycle doesn't make it unlawful, but at the same time, it does make it problematic. Uh, and it's dangerous. So I would have actually arrested him for dangerous driving because you're not supposed to drive in buildings. But uh, the police know this about this better than I do. So they may arrested him for unlawful entry. Maybe it's a bigger crime and they can, you know, cause more trouble for his life that way. Scams. Pyramid schemes. We love them uh, because... You always sit there and go, like, how, how did you fall for this? But it's almost like the more ludicrous the crime, the, the situation, the more likely people are to, like, well, then it must be real, almost. And the Nigerian prince scam, so that email, apparently had typos and things to make it clear that it was a scam from the beginning because they anyone with sense they didn't want to bother with. So they wanted people who would ignore the obvious red flags to take on the Nigerian scam email and answer it. So they were looking for that naivete, that kind of person. So it's almost like if you make it a little ridiculous, the only people who are going to fall for it are the people who are going to like look past the scam you've created to just have... Because uh, they just want the, the payout. They want to believe in the payout so much that they're actually ignoring the big red flags that you're throwing up in front of them. This is the special eggs scheme. So that is already, you know, as soon as you put eggs in there, it's already like, what? Eggs? Sorry? Eggs? The guys who set this up, there's two guys. They made 300 million yen, which is $2.2 million in American. They would, hold a sem- sem- <clears throat> they would hold a seminar and they said, these eggs, which are very special and nutritious eggs, you should eat some. But they will provide a stable income for you. You can get subsidies from the government like the for struggling businesses. So what they're saying is we're gonna give you, we're gonna sell you these eggs. These are special eggs. You sell the eggs, but you also can get subsidies from the government because you now run a business. And that business is struggling because you only have so many eggs to sell. Uh, but you will have a stable income. And this is corona times, people are looking for stability. So I think that's more than the eggs themselves. That's what they're selling. Now, 90 eggs cost $13,900, which in the, the exchange rate right now is like about 100 bucks for 90 eggs. Eggs in Japan can be as low as 10 yen each. So if you're struggling financially, buying 10 yen eggs and eating them is pretty reasonable. Like you eat a lot of eggs and that could have some issues with your digestion, but you will survive and you'll have a good source of protein. So it was a pyramid scheme. So if you introduce, so if you pay 13,900 yen, you get 90 eggs. If you introduce someone else, you'll get 25,000 yen. Uh, and you can make up to 1.6 million yen a month if you introduce enough people. 10,000 people paid into this. So 10,000 people gave them their 13,000 yen and they wanted their eggs, but only 20% of the people even got their eggs in the first place. 
they sold the eggs at 150 yen each. So I said like an egg is like 10, let's round it up, make it easy. It's 15 yen for an egg. They've increased the price of that 100 times. So the guy was buying the eggs for 15 yen, selling them for 150 yen each to these people he was scamming in his pyramid scheme. There was, it turns out, nothing special about the eggs, which I think that at this point is not a big surprise. Uh, Except for every egg is special, if you really think about it. Like the egg you came for. No, I'm not going to do that. There was a high school. You've maybe, if you're interested in Japan, you've heard about no dating rules when it comes to like idols. So like pop stars and stuff will have written into their contract that they cannot date. Part of the appeal of an idol is they seem available. So like your dream could come true. You could meet them and you could marry them if they are single. The problem is once they start dating, they seem sort of tainted to the fan. It is more prevalent than I thought in that several high schools have a no dating rule. So if you're in high school, which is, I believe, prime dating time. Like that's, I started dating honestly 16 or 17. Like I probably had like a girlfriend that I didn't have any money. I didn't do anything with when I was 15. But 16 is when you really start dating. I got a motorcycle. I could actually travel and go places and do things. This high school had a no dating rule, which is so, that makes it more prevalent than I thought. I understood that in pop culture in Japan, no dating rule was a thing that they did. And I thought it was primarily for just the female idols that the men, they wouldn't do it, but they actually do it for men now too. This was interesting though. So this, this girl, she had a boyfriend or started dating in high school, which again, I think is one of the more natural things that can happen. She gets a boyfriend Uh, the school finds out, they sit down, the principal sits down and talks to her, incredibly intimidating. And he's like, are you dating? If you are, maybe you should consider leaving. He didn't expel her. They pressured her to quit, which is a very Japanese way of doing stuff. So what happened is this girl, once she got out of high school, she went back and she's like, this is negatively impacted by education. This is not how education is supposed to behave. So she sued them and she won. Now, she was suing for 7 million yen. What she got was 970 men. This is a very different thing from the litigation in North America. In North America, you would sue for a million dollars and you might end up getting 7 million dollars. In Japan, you sue for as much as you can because you're going to get a fraction of it. So she didn't even get a million yen. The average salary, again, to make it very clear uh, for Japanese people is between 3 and 4 million yen a year. So a million yen, that's like a quarter year salary. You're not living off that for the rest of your life. That's important to know that it is money. It is a significant sum of money, but it's not like you're set up forever because the school board told you you couldn't date. The judge said that this pushing the student out of school goes beyond the educator's discretion. She, she, she was basically forced to drop out and that's not what educators are supposed to be doing. They should be trying to solve the problem. They should say, look, you can't date you. Of course you can still come to school. We still love you as a, as a person. We want you to be happy, but we want you to focus on studies. If they'd said all that, it would have been fine. But they said that the law, the rule itself is still lawful. So the rule, students are not allowed to date. We're going to govern students' behavior. That is okay. But if a student dates, you can't boot him out of school. So I'm a little torn on that because I actually think you can't govern. This is outside the purview of education. You can't govern that as an educator. You can't start telling people when they can and cannot date because it's none of your business. So we recently had the Taylor Swift concert issue where all these people wanted to buy concert tickets. And 
scalpers want to get them first. This has been the problem in Japan with getting a PlayStation. It took me like two years to get a PlayStation because I had to enter lotteries. I couldn't just go to a store and buy one because they'd all been scalped. So they created systems where you had to have a member card or a credit card and you had to go to that place and you had to enter the lottery and you could win it. I had my wife enter. We won two in one week. So I bought myself one. Uh, and then I won another one and I got it for my friend so that he could get one too, which was very, that's, you know, a really nice thing to be able to do for someone else. But if you want to buy tickets in Japan, they're, again, they're worried about the same thing. They're worried about scalpers and they're worried about some people uh, taking all the tickets. Uh, so they want to connect buying concert or event tickets to your My Number card. Your My Number card is a kind of social security number, which makes it, a little scary because imagine using your social security number to buy stuff that puts your social security number, which is very important to you, out in the public more often. It's not exactly the same, but it's 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 relatively equivalent. So we'll just leave it there. Uh, they want this would increase security, so and it would stop scalping because I could only buy one or two tickets using my my number card. Yeah, so that's, you've actually, Jade has just written, Jesus, I hate it, but it's also genius if it's secure enough. It's the secure part I think everyone is worried about. It's not the using a number to identify yourself, it's the secure part. Because I don't want to stick my social security number out there every time I want to go to a concert or every time I want to buy a big ticket item. They've gone too far. So, of course, there's some criticism. Uh, The government wants everyone to use this for everything. So this is essentially, the government wants to track every aspect of you, which is a bit, because they, they want to get it too, too much. They want to combine your health insurance card, your ID, and maybe even your driver's license into one card. They want to be the, the nanny state of China to a degree, because China wants to control you with their social credit score. Uh, in Japan, I think right now they're still at the stage where they want to collect information and just know stuff. I don't think they want to rule people the same way yet. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to make any strong statements because we're actually talking about what could happen in the future and governments with power. They can go too far pretty quickly. I do have some hope that the Japanese government. Okay, I think the way I want to put it is the Japanese government currently is well intentioned. Uh, maybe even the Chinese government. I don't know enough about it because I haven't been doing Ninja News China uh, at all. Uh, what would I say? Kung Fu News China. <laughs> I haven't done that show. So I, don't, I can't honestly say I have a deep knowledge to the same degree that I would have about Japanese politics. And even then, my Japanese politics is, knowledge is very superficial. I think they're very well-intentioned, but it doesn't take much for a politician to come in and see this as a place where I could grab power very easily by consolidating all this information and then using it for my own nefarious needs or desires. So yeah, it's, this, is, this is the gray zone where everyone's very worried about like where is this going to end up. But like you said, at the very beginning, you couldn't scalp anymore. Scalping would become non-existent if you, if you actually connected all this stuff. So your health insurance card, your ID card, and your driver's license all in one card. Uh, not bad. I actually think driver's license might be enough because they're individual uh, and it has less information connected to it. Uh, the the pro- problem I see is the next step is they also want to have it on your smartphone. So basically I want to buy something. I would have to use an IC reader on my phone and touch my, my number card to it to buy stuff. Uh, for the again, oh, not like daily things, but like really big things. My phone is two years old. 
It's a good phone. It absolutely, I would have been able to buy a PS5 in the first year. I'm not going to say on launch because, of course, everyone wants one. But I would have been able to buy one within the first year instead of waiting two to three years to get one. Okay, my phone, though, does not have a IC chip reader, which means I could not buy any big ticket items because I don't have that on my phone. Then there is the segment of the population that doesn't have a smartphone. They maybe have a flip phone. Then there's the other segment of the population that doesn't have a phone at all. One of the things they talk about digital money and digital money is so great and we love digital systems. We love digital systems. Uh, I had a guy say to me, we should move exclusively to digital money. And I was like, the problem with that is homeless people then starve and die because they cannot buy anything or anyone without a smartphone. Like my grandparents, they, uh, my parents-in-law, they have phones, but they're just like the old clamshell phones. They have minimal functionality. Are they not allowed to buy anything anymore? You are correct. The Japan is nowhere near ready for total digital, but the big banks want to move to digital because they currently spend it's 700 billion yen on ATMs. So if they could just move all that to your phone, they wouldn't have to spend any of that money. They would just get to keep it. And when it comes to big banks and profits, that's something they're very good at. This, but then we get into the actual biggest issue with this new system of putting everything on your My Number card is Japan is a very, still a very tourist-focused economy. Tourists coming to Japan don't have a My Number card, which means if you come to Japan and I want to see my favorite boy band or my favorite idol group, you can't because you can't buy a ticket because you don't have a My Number card. So that's a problem they would have to solve. And that, that, that goes beyond the whole IC chip thing in the phone. I think that connecting it to the phone is a, bit, is a step too far problematically because uh, it's just you'd have to have it, make sure everyone has that phone or that capability or you'd have to make that capability available. But tourists coming to Japan, your phone often doesn't work because you don't have to, you haven't swapped out your SIM card or whatever. You don't have a My Number card, which means you can't go to events or buy concert tickets, which is ridiculous. Because you know one of the one of the driving forces of the Japanese economy is tourism. And tourism is often about events. So that's a problem. Uh, take a step beyond that. Many Japanese people don't want this card in the first place. Uh, every service I know is trying to get me to get my number card and put my number card into their system. Uh, I think, again, for government tracking. So they can see all the things I do and buy, and it's collecting information, which is a bit scary. It's a bit dystopian scary. That's why a lot of Japanese people are saying, like, I'm not getting the card in the first place. You can't make me get the card. Uh, but I think in the future, they actually might make it like you have to have this card. It's like going to be like a social security number. An interesting set of problems, though, because you can see the benefits. The benefits is this, it's not criminal scalping, but it's pretty, no one likes it, uh, profiteering. That would stop. Like, they could, they could immediately say, you bought A, B, C, D, and again, big ticket items only. You can see the benefits of it. Uh, you can't buy a whole row of concert tickets and then scalp them. You can't buy a whole row of tickets just to be a dick. Because there's a couple stories we had of people who were angry and they reserved tickets and then never actually came back and bought, bought them. But you can also see the, all the downsides. The nanny state, the surveillance state, them having a deep insight into every single action you do, which seems a little bit invasive. Japan is very privacy-oriented. 
So I don't think it would be able to go too far before people would push back at it. But it'd be interesting to see because this is them trying to set up systems that benefit people, but also benefit them, which is a bit scary. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes because it's something the government absolutely wants to have happen. It's something banks want to have happen. And there are benefits to us, but at the same time, we're talking about dystopian future kind of uh, surveillance state.